Thank you, Lois. Hey, isn't it good to have a choir again? <laughs> and uh, David was very well organized because he had them all wearing the same color, man. I, I, let's give that a hand, would you? All right. Hey. David, thank you so much for all your effort and the choir. Thank you and the young people. Thank you. I have a little devotion I want to share with you this morning. Uh, I have a captive audience, right? Uh, they've been reading from Luke and Matthew, so I want you to take that Bible that you brought with you. If you didn't bring one, there should be one in front of you in the pew. It's a black book, and I want you to turn it to Luke chapter 1. Luke chapter 1. Even though they read the Christmas story and all around Luke chapter 1 and 2, they did not read one verse that I want you to see. Uh, Mary was related to a woman named Elizabeth. Elizabeth gave birth to John the Baptist. John the Baptist was born about six months before Jesus was born. Mary found out that she was pregnant, and so she went to visit her relative, Elizabeth, and her uncle, or her uh, Elizabeth's husband, Zechariah, and when she got there, she burst out into praise over what God was doing in her life. Let me ask you a question. Do you want God to bless your life? Show me your hand if you want God to bless your life. Amen? He does. Okay, I'm glad that you see that. You know, we celebrate Christmas because of many things, but also this reason. Uh, this day we celebrate has changed the lives of many people in this room because they recognize somewhere in their lifetime what God did in sending Jesus to this world. He did not come to save just my neighbor or the preacher down the street or the school teacher at school. He came to save every single person. But some, unfortunately, don't receive that salvation. They don't receive that free gift. Many in this room have received that gift. I'm one of those. I was 34 years old. I received God's free gift of salvation. And it changed my life. And I celebrate Christmas because I celebrate the Savior coming to the world to die on that cross that Clayton so beautifully portrayed. He died on that cross for me. My sin put him on that cross. You know, I, I made this cross the other day, and while I was making it, I realized how very humbling that was. I know it's just a cross for a play, but in my mind, I was thinking about the man who made the real cross that Jesus hung on. I thought about that. I thought about the soldiers nailing him to that cross. I thought about all those things when I was making that. I just wanted to share that with you. It's very humbling to do something like that. It's even more humbling to receive the gift that God wants to give to every person. Salvation, free and clear. Your sin was paid for right here on this cross. If you don't receive that gift, 
then when you stand before your maker, you will give the payment for your sin. You see, Jesus paid for mine. When I stand before my maker, Jesus will say, I paid for his. And I'll be escorted in because somebody paid my sin debt. But if Jesus didn't pay yours, who will? You will. And the Bible teaches that sin brings death. So instead of being escorted into heaven, you'll be escorted into a place away from God, separate from God and His people, a place that Jesus describes as a place of fire, a place of darkness, a place of the gnashing of teeth. Hey, Jesus came to change our lives, to give us hope, to forgive our sin, and to give us the benefits of being God's people. And so I want to read you a verse. Mary realized all of this when she went to her relative's house and she burst out in this song in Luke chapter 1. But I just wanted to read one verse. Look at verse 53. All right? Let's stand together. Just read that one verse. Verse 53 will be seated after that. You need to stretch your legs anyway, right? Luke chapter 1, verse 53, the Bible says, He, that's being God, He has filled the hungry with good things and sent away the rich empty-handed. Let's read it one more time. Gather this up in your mind now. Listen. He has filled the hungry with good things and sent away the rich empty-handed. Let's pray. Lord, bless your word right now in this place, in the heart of every person that's here. Let them hear you speak to them. Let them receive your word. And Lord, let them walk with you from this day on. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. You may be seated. I said, did you want God to bless your life? You said yes. Here he says he's filled the hungry with good things. He sent away the rich empty-handed. You know, Mary is speaking metaphorically. She's not talking about hungry people for food. She's talking about spiritually hungry people. Jesus said something very similar in the Sermon on the Mount. He said one of the Beatitudes, he said, Blessed is the man who hungers and thirsts for righteousness, for he shall be satisfied. So in the same idea, Mary says that God has filled those who are spiritually hungry with good things, but the rich he sent away empty-handed. That's kind of backwards from the way we think today. It's the hungry that go around empty and the rich that go around full. Amen? But in the Bible, in God's kingdom, it's reversed. The hungry are the ones who are filled. The rich go away empty. What does God mean by that? There are ways that you can receive the blessings of God. The mark of someone who has received God's salvation is that they come to God empty. They come to God without anything. They come to God penniless. 
possessionless. They come to God with no pride, no wherewithal, no wisdom, no intelligence. They just come to God as a human being, void of everything this world has taught them. Hey, all of us look for pleasure in the world. We look for ways to satisfy ourselves. We look for ways to fulfill ourselves. It took me 34 years to realize that this world feeds nothing but despair. Nothing but trouble. Nothing but hatred. Nothing but harm. And when I was 34 years old, I was in the bottom of life. And I heard God calling my name. And you know what I did? I stuck up an empty hand. And God grabbed me by that hand and pulled me up. And he changed my life. Because I finally came to him empty. No pride. Nothing to offer. No gifts to bring. The little drummer boy. You know the most beautiful Christmas song is the little drummer boy. Listen to the words of it the next time you get a chance. He had nothing to bring the king that was worthy of a king. All he could do was play his little drum. When you come to God, there's only one way to come to him, and that is empty. And look what Mary says. Mary says, God fills the empty with good things. Now, she's not talking about prosperity. She's not talking about a good life. A Christian life is not the uh, most pleasant life there is in this world because we suffer right along with everyone else, but yet we suffer with Him, not opposed to Him. We suffer because we become persecuted, because the world hates Christ. You know, I saw the news the other day in Connecticut or somewhere back east. Oh, it was in Boston. That's where it was. Boston, Massachusetts. The city hall has a pole, a flagpole, and they allow different organizations to fly their flags at particular times of the year for an entire day or however that is. So you can go to Boston, go to city hall, get your flag, and you can put it up on the flagpole. And every religion in the world, every club in Boston, every group in the eastern United States has flown their flag on that flagpole in downtown Boston. Guess what happened? A Christian group went to City Hall and said, we want to fly the Christian flag. No can do. You can fly an Islamic flag. You can fly a Buddha flag. You can fly a Jehovah's Witness flag, but you're not going to fly the Christian flag. You see, Christians are persecuted, and we suffer because of that. And the Lord told us to rejoice when that happens, because now we are counted as worthy to carry His name. Amen. Jesus came to this world to save you, to change your life. There's a way to receive that gift. You have to come to Him empty. You can't bring anything with you. You can't bring your uh, pride, your pocketbook, or anything like that. He's not going to go for that. He doesn't want that. All He wants is this right here. He wants your heart. 
He wants your commitment to Him. That's what Mary shares with us. God fills, and only God can fill, every human being. Hey, we all try different ways to find the things in life to satisfy us. Some people want to try a church, and if the church doesn't make them happy, they'll go try something else. Some people want to try marriage. If the marriage doesn't make me happy, I'll just walk away from it. Some people want to try immorality. They want to try drinking. They want to try drug abuse. They want to try things to bring satisfaction. But what they find is those things don't fill me. They don't satisfy me. And so I go look at something else and something else and something else. And you may be in this room and you may be one of those people that are looking for life in all the things this world has to offer. And I'm telling you, it's emptiness. It's vanity. It's hopeless. Only God can satisfy the soul. Why is that? Because He made it. He created it. And only He can fulfill it. And the only way you can come to Him is when you come empty and He will fill you with good things. What are those good things? It's not the prosperity, as I mentioned. It's not a good life. It's not uh, wealth. It's not uh, all the things that you might think it is. The good things that God fills us with is Himself. God is good all the time. And all the time, God is good. God fills us with Himself. So we see now that we can come to God empty and He'll fill us, right? Now the second half of the verse that I showed you and you read with me says this, And sent away the rich empty-handed. As I said, that's backwards in our thinking. In our world, as I said, the poor, the hungry, stay empty and the rich get full. And that's how it is in this world, unfortunately. When God picked the parents of the Messiah, when God picked Jesus' parents to raise Him, where did He go? Did He go to the church? And He said, oh, here's the high priest. I'm going to pick him to be the father of Jesus and his wife to be the mother. No, Jesus didn't go to the church. Jesus didn't go to the leadership of the community. Jesus didn't go to the rich in the community. Jesus didn't go to those who have things. Who did He pick? He picked a poor carpenter and his wife. And He said, these will be the ones to raise my son. Isn't that unique? I mean, if we were going to raise the Savior of the world ourselves, wouldn't we pick somebody that's got some bucks? Put him up in a nice place, right? Make sure he's got everything he needs. All the finest clothes, all the, the newest smartphones, all the things that a, a Savior would need in this world. But God said, no, I'm going to pick an old carpenter and his wife. And they're going to raise my son. Why? Because God fills the empty with good things. You want God to bless your life, you better come to him empty. You better come to Him willing. Some of you are looking for life in all kinds of ways, all kinds of places. The only way you're going to find life is to come to God empty-handed. All He wants is that, as I said a moment ago. God sends away the rich empty-handed. Right? The poor man, the poor carpenter came to God. Mary came to God. 
They weren't overlooked. They were chosen by God because only God can satisfy. When God looked on this world, he sees that people are empty because they are self-fulfilled, looking for life in other places. When God looks on the world and he sees you, what does he see? The horrible results of being filled ourselves is that we cannot make room for anything else. Listen, we got a generation called Generation X, right? And we all know most of us here are probably from the age of the baby boomers. And you know there were statistics done, and it showed that the baby boomers in Generation X and Generation Y, sitting right here on this front pew, they've started returning to church. But guess what? They're coming back on their own terms. They're looking for a church that will fulfill their needs as a parent. What can this church do for me? What can that church do for me? And so now we're church shopping for a church that can fulfill our needs. God says you've got to come empty-handed. You can't go shopping for a church. You're supposed to go to church where God places you. I know somebody who says, well, I I didn't go to this church because they don't have a children's program. And we said to this person, maybe you are the children's program director. Maybe I am. Well, I don't go to this church because they don't have a men's ministry. Maybe you are the men's ministry director that God's putting in a church. Have you ever thought about that? Don't go to church because you're looking for what they can do. If you're going to a church because they got great music, then you're going for the wrong reason. If you're going to a church because they got great preaching, you're going for the wrong reason. If you're going to a church for anything other than that God placed me in this church for a reason, there's a purpose for me being here. Why am I here? God wants you to discover that. Don't come searching for a church. You can make an idol. You can customize an idol. But when you come to God, you've got to come on His terms, not on your own terms. What is there in this life, young people, what is there in this life that's worth spending your time with now to spend eternity in a place of fire and death? What is there worth spending time with now in your life that you would be willing to give up an eternity in heaven to go to a place that's described as outer darkness? What is there worth in your life right now that you're doing that is more valuable to you than heaven and you would spend eternity in a place where the worm never dies? You see the result of that? We spend our life in things of this world without looking beyond. Jesus came to change all of that, to give you hope, to give you a reason for life, to give you a purpose. He came to fill you with good things. Let me say this, and I'm going to close. Jesus Christ will never turn anyone away except the one who is full of himself. Did you hear that? Jesus Christ will never turn anyone away except for the one who's full of himself.
Think about it. Surrender your heart to Him today. This Christmas season, wherever you are, understand the reason why you saw this play today. Jesus came to set you free. Jesus came to die on that cross to give you life. He paid your debt. Won't you receive that? Won't you believe that? Won't you trust that? If you don't, when you stand before God, you're going to have a bag full of gifts to offer God of all the good things you've done. I gave money to charity. I prayed once a week, God. I read my Bible, God, front to back, cover to cover. I did all these things for you, God. And he says, I only receive those who come to me empty so I can fill them with good things. You think of that. Let's pray. Lord, we ask you to bless this day for us. We pray that you would magnify your name in our families and homes this afternoon in this Christmas season. And Lord, we pray that you would bring us back again to church tonight. Father, we love you and we thank you for who you are. I pray your blessing on all that are here. We thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen.